This is episode 13 on the Millennial Life School podcast on how you can transform your life by rewiring your belief system with Bonnie Kim. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Millennial Life School podcast, where it's all about inspiring and encouraging 20 to 30-something-year-olds as we figure life out together. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Millennial Life School Podcast. I'm so happy you are here and thank you so much everyone for listening. Honestly, it means so much to me. So thank you so much. So I had on this episode my very special friend and mentor coach, Bonnie Kim, to come on this podcast and share her journey. So just a brief background on Bonnie. She is an entrepreneur of several hospitality businesses, a founder of an anti-human trafficking organization, a crisis consultant for startups, and and an interesting fact that I personally think is so interesting is that she worked briefly as a creative director for Minji from the K-pop group to anyone so if you know to anyone oh my gosh yeah i thought that was so cool of bonnie to do that and also now she's a certified life coach and an executive coach helping others live a powerful and radically transformed lives if i were to describe bonnie in three words it would be that she is powerful authentic and resilient But as she shares on this episode, uh, this was not always who she was. She shares in this episode about how she grew up actually feeling really lonely, depressed, and she was pretty shy and quiet as a kid, and that she grew up in an unstable home environment. And she opens up and is very vulnerable with us on this episode, sharing about how you know, she was sexually assaulted as a kid and and how she had to deal with learning disabilities and having a 1.67 GPA by the time she was 15. She shares how a lot of the childhood trauma and hurt she experienced was translated into her getting involved with drugs, gangs, and other pretty serious crimes. So Bonnie is someone whose life has been literally transformed drastically by renewing her mind and belief system which is why you know she's so passionate about what she does as a life coach helping others do the same and you know bonnie is an icf certified life coach so in this episode she talks about what that style of coaching is and she shares about how she helps people rewire their belief system and as a bonus, uh, this is something that we didn't plan to do, but we just somehow went into it. But we demonstrate what a live coaching session can look like as Bonnie actually coaches me in real time to help me process a current event that made me feel really insecure. So if you're interested in listening in on what a live one-on-one coaching session can look like, this would be a great one to listen to it. So yeah, I'm really excited to share this one. So let's get right in. Mom, Mom, this is Millennial uh, Life School podcast with Taron Kiron Han. Hey, (laughs) (laughs) Bonnie, welcome to the Millennial Life School podcast. (laughs) Finally having you on here. 
Thanks for having me, Karen. Oh, man. I love you so hard because Bonnie, she is a good sister of mine. Um, And we've been talking about doing this podcast for such a long time. And I'm just so excited to finally have you on. Oh, I'm really glad to be on. I know we talked about it since like summer of last year. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when man. We're in Korea, in Jeju-do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Y'all. So I met Bonnie like a year ago. And then this whole crazy thing happened where when I first met Bonnie, I actually didn't know that she was doing life coaching. But this whole crazy entrepreneur journey that I had and Last year, um, month of August, we were able to spend one month together in Jeju Island, participating in this thing called 100 Hours Work Marathon. And that time was just such an incredible time. And we got to actually work with a lot of people, like a lot of Korean locals to, you know, do coaching and stuff. And oh my gosh, it was just so amazing. It was so fun. I love Jeju-do. I think I could live there. But I think everyone yeah. will say that. <laughs> I know. Oh, I miss it. Um, so for those of you guys who don't know who Bonnie is, so Bonnie, uh, she is someone who, like, I think has one of the craziest stories that I know. Like, you've done so many different things. You started multiple businesses in your 20s. You started a nonprofit organization. And you also worked uh, briefly with one of my favorite K-pop star group, 21. You worked with Minji for her tour. And you were doing photo shoots, managing a team. And also, you run multiple restaurant businesses. And you're a life and an executive coach. (laughs) So insane. (laughs) I did a few things. (laughs) (laughs) So you've done so many different things. But I want to ask you, because like we've talked a little bit about this where you told me that you've had a bit of a crazy, you know, upbringing, but I actually don't know so much about it. So I want to I wanted to ask you if you can share a little bit about, you know, like how you grew up and just kind of, I guess, a background on where you come from. Yeah, um, so mm, I think. A lot of what I do in terms of coaching and just a lot of experiences um, I've had in life really created my identity for such a long time, mm-hmm. um, which is understandable because that happens to everybody, of course. But very, very um, important that during childhood, there's just so much that can go on that really informs how we think about ourselves, right? So uh-huh. just a little bit of that to answer your question. Um, I think I grew up in a pretty intense environment. Uh, I know there are a lot of people who have grown up with not the best type of rosy examples of mm-hmm. a family. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I just felt like it was just hardship after hardship, whether, you know, it was um, – going through, you know, physical and emotional abuse um, at different stages at home or addiction and depression in the family, um, being molested <laughs> at a church. Um, oh, my being, gosh. Yeah, bullied by so many classmates. So I feel like the main struggle I kept dealing with during my elementary years 
um, all the way, you know, up to high school was just such a deep sense of loneliness, a feeling uh-huh. that um, why am I not good enough? You know, why, why is there something wrong with me? How come uh, hurtful things keep happening to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of things that happened in childhood really informed and made me believe that maybe I'm not worth you know, worth someone's time. Maybe, maybe I need to act out and be a little bit more rebellious and crazy. Um, yeah, so that was most of my elementary years where I felt incredibly like quiet. Like I had wow, no voice. That was, your ele- that was like in elementary school. Yeah, my elementary school. I moved around almost twenty times in elementary oh just because my- there was so much. God problems in the family and sometimes we would get evicted from our home mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh my god it was just non-stop it was so unstable and um I don't I see now you know of course I have a you know good relationship with my family now but back then it was just so much chaos so mm-hmm. yeah and then that uh moved into a period of incredible incredible rebellion um in middle school and in high school um, I hung out with really um, intense people in the way that you know uh, they would commit crimes <laughs> um, I would just be their friends they're doing some mm-hmm. pretty serious criminal activity whether you know they're doing armed robberies or stealing cars or um, oh gang affiliated and going to jail and you know in prison um, my my school GPA it was so bad because I would never go to school or I would go to school but sometimes I would leave or I would fight with the teacher and then get suspended almost get kicked out so it was oh my god it was really crazy so that's what you're done because I remember we talked about that you would tell me how you're like you would tell me you're like oh yeah you know I used to be like a gangster in in high school is this I don't. I don't think I was uh, fully gangster in that I was uh-huh. part of the gang, but uh, yeah, lot, yeah. So it was like crazy. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, in as you know, in the U.S., there's social services, mm-hmm. which is you know a government entity that comes in to check mm-hmm. up on your house to make sure everything's fine. If it's not, uh, they take more steps seriously to mm-hmm. think about how they can help the children. So social services actually came to my house to potentially take me out of my family when I was 15 um, because I was, like, getting into fights with my parents and, Uh you know, like, physically being hit. Um, So, yeah, it was just a lot of a sense of not feeling I had – I had no real purpose in life except just to Uh be angry and feeling anxious and, yeah. (laughs) Dang. So, like, so from childhood to being a rebellious kid in high school, and then like living that kind of lifestyle, and and then what changed? What what happened that made you kind of turn your life around to becoming this um, serial entrepreneur and starting so many different businesses? Yeah, it's like I think when. I think when uh, people perceive me now, it's kind of such mm-hmm. an unbelievable story because, yeah. um, you know, although my memories of those things are there, I feel like I've 
healed so much and become Mm -hmm. empowered in so many different ways that it's such a distant memory to me. But the time around I was 16, um, and I know this might seem a little strange, but I was at this church retreat uh, and I was there just to hang out with friends, get away from, you know, uh, parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was in a church retreat service that I heard, I felt I heard God speak to me, asking uh-huh. me to, um, you know, have a relationship with them. So mm-hmm. it was scary to uh-huh. me. Because, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, imagine you're like in a place where you feel like you, you can't really offer anything. Like mm-hmm. you're not, you didn't grow up in a good, you know, perfect family. You didn't, you're not getting good grades in school. My grade was 1.67 GPA. You know, 4.0 is like perfect straight A score. Uh-huh. Um, I'm getting suspended from school and all of these things like why would god want to have a relationship with me i'm so filthy or like i'm i'm so crazy rebellious and whatever Uh so from that moment and i decided okay okay jesus i'm gonna try this out i'm gonna try this jesus relationship out like Uh uh-huh yeah, many people who say they follow Jesus really have hurt me and shamed me because I was so different. Um, uh-huh. But I'm just going to try it with you directly, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, so from that place, it was an incredible amount of direction I feel mm-hmm. I got from God, um, strategic direction, as well yeah. as a lot of healing and growth in my uh, character. Yeah. Um, so can you go back a little bit when you said um, you heard God at a retreat? When you were there, were you like seeking for him or like how 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 did you hear God or like what was that like? Was that the first time you felt like God was real to you? Yeah, you know, I, I always sensed that there had to have been some kind of higher being. Like I would see mm-hmm. instances of it, you know. Um, how can how can I really say that I know everything? You know, like mm-hmm. I can never know everything. That means there's a possibility that there is a God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was there at the retreat just to have fun. I just wanted to get away, and my friends were there too. You know, uh-huh. um, but that day, how I heard God wasn't an audible voice, but some kind of weird, like intuitive, like conviction. Uh-huh. Like it was very very strong. You know, when you're hungry, you don't go oh, am I hungry? I'm not sure if I'm hungry. You just know you're hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was that. It was a, a mental, intuitive conviction that I was being asked a question to follow, like have a relationship with Jesus. And I was very nervous. Um, but uh-huh. I said, okay, but I need your help. I really need your help because I don't know how to do this and I'm scared. Uh-huh. And then after that, like, you know, after that happened, when you went back to school, like, did you do like 180? Was it immediate or was it a process? Um, For me, it was pretty immediate since I was so extreme, Mm -hmm. like extreme as like (laughs) doing, you know, crazy, crazy type of things. Uh huh. (laughs) To me, I'm not, you know, if when you see like such darkness around you, Uh 
and you're part of that darkness and you just don't care and you have no fear of your parents, you have no fear of your teachers, no one, mm-hmm. then to to me, I'm like, okay, then I'm all in. I want to try this. Like, I'm not going to go halfway because I don't go halfway mm-hmm. anyway when I'm doing crazy uh-huh. things. So uh-huh. let me try this. Um, so I would read the Bible actually every day, um, not because someone was telling me, but because I was very hungry for truth. Like, I uh-huh. really would pray and ask God, please sh- show me Show me in this instance when, you know, I'm really like having problem for this issue. Can you please show me how I can deal with this? And then I would be reading the Bible and the answer would really highlight um, in front of me. So those were instances where I saw, whoa, this is very, this is very interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and yeah, there were many, many instances, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those types of instances and circumstantial inf- instances that kept happening um, mm-hmm. that only helped me to conclude that I was on the right track and God is pretty real in my life. Wow. So then you mentioned also before that, you know, growing up, you felt um, this incredible sense of loneliness and you didn't have, you know, in a, in a sense, self-worth. But from that, after you had this encounter with God, how did your your view of yourself change? Yeah, I think when I first, I, it's it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, we we assume we know enough just to go by life. Um, uh huh but then you see something different. It's like people who travel, you think, oh, you're, you know, you're happy in your neighborhood and that's fine, but you travel somewhere beautiful and you're just so shocked that it could exist. Mm. Uh, So it wasn't necessarily, um, I was changing just because I had to or anything. It was because, wow, new ideas, new opportunities can exist. There's another way of living. Like there's another uh-huh. way of perceiving who I am. Uh-huh. Even though it was hard for me to believe uh-huh. uh, that I could get better, that I could be, you know, a calmer person without so much hurt or anger mm-hmm. um, or have even chance at success in life. Um, those uh-huh. were all things that I wasn't sure how to get there um, because uh-huh. of these beliefs that I had um but yeah my relationship with God really opened up possibilities that there was more um there's more out there Mm -hmm. and then so with this new I guess um, mindset of being able to see possibilities how has that I guess played out in your journey yeah you know I can't sometimes when I sit down and think about my life it's just so unbelievable how Mm -hmm. it played out um just a different type of uh experiences that I've been through that most people can't really even um go through in one lifetime Mm -hmm. so uh just to give you a story um like I was saying you know when I was 15 years old in high school, my GPA was 1.67. That's three Ds and I forgot it was a couple Cs. 
Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, you really don't feel like, how are you going to have any successful direction in life, kind of, when mm -hmm. you're already, like, can't, <laughs> can't just do basic things in school. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I had, looking back, I know I had a learning disability because I couldn't um, remember a lot. Like this association is where really? you're, oh. yeah, you had so much, you, you, you have trauma when you're a child, so you block out memories. And I've had so many times where I blocked out memories um, oh. that it then became a habit. And during my school class, I couldn't remember what I would study mm -hmm. because it, my memory kept erasing so it was yeah, that's unintentionally yeah so. yeah because it just got it was so conditioned to just erase so mm -hmm. I had that along with um uh, for sure depression for sure for sure um you know that it was still there um even after I became a Christian it was still there but it took time to unravel um but from there being 15 uh, I got you know, was able to work really hard. And by the time I graduated, I was able to go to undergraduate school, majored in English. Um, I really felt led to go into majoring in English and in teaching. I'm not sure why, but I felt that conviction. Uh -huh. And then I went into graduate school at UCLA to get my master's in education, graduated with a 3.9 GPA. Um, wow. <laughs> I know yeah, from so one point six. Yeah. Oh my gosh. To UCLA three point nine. Yeah. It was. It's kind That's of strange crazy. to think about, and it was at the same time that a opportunity opened up of starting a nonprofit while I was in grad school. Um, yeah. And and yeah. what was the nonprofit on? Yeah. So before I went to grad school, I was actually working a few months in um, Southeast Asia in the mm -hmm. anti-human trafficking um, industry. So I work with survivors of trafficking there. And when I came back to California, uh, I was starting my school, um, UCLA uh, graduate mm -hmm. school. And I really felt, I really felt a leading to start a kind of a creative way of showing what trafficking was and the solutions uh -huh. around it. Um, so yeah, I started that nonprofit. Um, it's now I think 11, 12 years old. I'm not part of it anymore. There's a new team, new director and everything. But mm -hmm. that was when I started learning how uh -huh. to lead teams, how to lead an organization. Um, also my memory that this uh -huh. association started healing during that time. Wow. Yeah. Because I'm constantly um, exercising my brain uh -huh. and having to remember things and having to organize and calendar things. A lot of my administration, administrative organizational mm -hmm. skills actually started because of that nonprofit, not because of school, because my mind was so damaged. Uh -huh. um, and I didn't really have, you know... <laughs> A solid education growing up you move around mm -hmm. so many times and crazy life right yeah that's so crazy yeah. wow I actually never knew like knew <laughs> this about you 
surprise wow. yeah I don't really share much because you know like God can really do amazing things people have so much capacity so much to do amazing amazing things and that could look like mm. something transformative in the world or that could simply look like being kind to your mother or kind to your child like yeah. you know people have that ability so mine is just one story of many many people yeah I, I don't so like you know Yeah, so like through this whole thing, um what what do you think um was the belief that kind of shifted in you? Yeah, um I think once I knew I had a chance. Uh-huh. Uh After what, what, what do you mean what do you mean you had a chance? Well, I think once I started having that relationship mm-hmm. with God and reading parts of the bible um mm-hmm. get, you know really like getting solutions from the bible i realized mm-hmm. i realized that my i my who i thought about myself from growing up mm-hmm. it didn't match with what i was reading mm-hmm. and if it's saying if it's true if the bible is true saying things like you know um you are more than a conqueror or i am wonderfully made uh-huh. like all of these things then my actions if my actions are not matching that then i'm having a big struggle with my belief right mhm so i had to really process a lot of these um incorrect beliefs about myself uh-huh and because then i knew the truth about myself i knew mm-hmm. my worth i knew uh what possible things are out there because i knew my worth then anything uh-huh. i could touch i any industry i could walk into whether it's oh let me start a nonprofit or okay i just want to do a creative project you know i want to uh-huh. um be an artist i paint or whatever all the way to oh let me try going into the restaurant industry like anything's uh-huh. fair game really right It's not not to say that you're going to succeed necessarily at doing it uh-huh, uh-huh. um perfectly but your mind is not blocked anymore from fear. Wow. I I love what you said in terms of like your mind is not blocked from fear. Cuz I think oftentimes we limit ourselves to what we can do based on fear. Like because of of fear we're not trying out all these different things and we're not walking into the, all these like you know different possibilities. Yeah, completely. Wow. And then in terms of coaching, like you know this, but I really look up to you and I go to you for a lot of help um in terms of coaching or I just, you know, when I have questions because I know that you've been, you know, doing coaching way longer than I have and you're so knowledgeable in this area but i want to ask you like how did you get into coaching yeah um well i think honestly it was it came to me um i was just doing i was in the tech world for a little bit tech startup and um exploring you know restaurant related mm-hmm. uh work and then someone approached me and asked me to mentor him and i told him I would think about it and see if there's something like mentoring but not exactly. Uh-huh. Um 
Yeah. And I researched around and I, and I felt very strongly, just like when you feel strongly about being hungry, Uh I felt strongly that I was supposed to be in this profession called coaching. Mm. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's really simple as that. It wasn't anything um, like any big flashy sign or anything. It just came to me. Mm -hmm. And, and this was when? Uh, about four years ago. Mm-hmm. And then from, from that, so how did you go about it? Like, what did you study? Yeah. Um, well, besides, you know, having a lot of different industry experiences, mm-hmm. I felt really convicted again to learn a little bit more about coaching um, and ended up uh, getting a uh, two certifications in one, the International Coaching Federation. Mm-hmm. That one's the largest organization in the world for coaching. Um, mm-hmm. And the second one is called Gallup Strengths, which is all about um, strengths-based coaching. Yeah. So, yeah, I ended up learning a lot from those organizations' um, methodologies. Um, and often <laughs> coaching gets... I think a lot of people, and I, I know you encounter this, where a lot of people get confused with coaching because they see sports coaching. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And is it okay if I can just share a little bit what coaching is and is not? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. I think I think it'll be really helpful for a lot of people listening because even for me to, you know, it's, oh, I tell people, oh, yeah, you know, I've been doing life coaching. And people are like, oh, what the heck is life coaching? <laughs> So what yeah. is coaching? Coaching, the okay. <laughs> so the ICF, International Coaching mm-hmm. Federation's uh, type of coaching is different from counseling or consulting. Um, so a lot of times people think coaching is tell me what to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Like give me answers or give me direction like immediately. Um, but what ICF coaching does is coaching is an ex- like an exploration of your journey. Uh-huh. So having your thoughts um, laid out and the coach asks specific questions to help you unravel and untangle your thoughts mm-hmm. so that you can kind of see what the answers are because it's there. People are more powerful than they think. The answers are really in the subconscious so coaching offers a safe area for you to process on your own with the coach Mm -hmm. Um, counseling is where somebody works with you to look backwards like you know Mm -hmm. me being molested right I go to a therapist and I talk about that because it's very heavy Mm -hmm. stuff so counselors and therapists do that work that's their primary type of work consultants Mm -hmm. they actually tell you what to do so a consultant will say hey you need to uh, do x y and z to solve this Mm -hmm. like a teacher Mm -hmm. coaching is not that coaching is very 80 percent listening active listening and then the rest is asking very um very specific questions to help you to think about what you're thinking about Uh uh-huh yeah um, so just just to give the audience, um, I guess, better idea of what that can look like. 
Do you have a recent experience with a client that you've, you've been working with where you coach the client through some of the issues that he's been dealing with? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, um, I had a recent client who was facing stress from um, just some personal stress. And like I was mentioning, uh, most people need time to process mm-hmm. and they need to see why sometimes uh, they have certain behaviors, how, why they react to some certain things in not such a good way. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for instance, like a coworker, you know, would say like, oh, you did an okay job. Um, and for some reason, that makes you very nervous. And every time you hear someone say, oh, yeah, you did an okay job, but it wasn't excellent. It was not. Uh-huh. You get really nervous. So that's kind of like, okay, interesting. Something's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I really like to focus on how our minds, body, souls uh, are all connected. Uh-huh. You might know the answer. Your mind is ready, but your body may be still in shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, from experiences you've had before in the past, right? So this particular client, we had to, we went through a meditative session. It's kind of a meditative type of session to help them rewire their beliefs about themselves because there was some things that they weren't, um, they were believing that it was just not true. So uh, yeah, we went believing things out. that's not true. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, they feel a certain reaction, right? They feel like, I don't understand Mm -hmm. why I keep feeling this way or, you know, I keep thinking this way about myself and Uh I keep acting like it. And and then we went through this, um, like, uh, guided meditative exercise we did together for about Uh an hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, and I'm happy to say the client's pretty – had some good results <laughs> really yeah. really feels empowered from it after uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. so you you mentioned rewiring his beliefs yeah can you talk a little bit about that because I know when we were in Jeju Island you you did like a seminar on brain hacking right yeah. on hacking your brain and so I know with coaching, for me, I study a lot about, you know, neuro, neurocognitive science and all these different things. Um, can you talk a little bit more about how that works? Like, how do you rewire someone's belief system? Yeah, you know, um, it really depends on the different type of person and where they're at. Some things won't, you know, some methods of trying to rewire their beliefs won't work because they're just Uh not ready but Uh in general a lot of our behaviors our struggles really comes down to something we believe Uh uh-huh our actions stem from something we believe if i don't feel like i'm good enough i'm gonna act like i'm not good enough Mm. um so what I do with clients, depending on what type of belief or what they're, you know, dealing with or what, how they want to really improve their lives, um, I might uh, I might guide them through different strategies. So, for instance, being a strengths coach, if they feel like I just want to know myself more, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm okay. I don't feel, you know, down about myself. I just don't know myself. That's when I. Uh, 
suggest the strengths coach strengths mm-hmm. finder um course yeah yeah where they learn about themselves more what are their natural strengths that they have uh-huh. you know, as an example so it de- really depends on who i'm working with but in general um, most of everything i love to do is help people uh, uncover these false beliefs about themselves and their environments. Uh-huh. Yeah. So once you recognize that, so let's say, for example, um, you have a client who comes in and this person um, is telling you like, oh, like, you know what? I just, I just can't do anything in my life. Like I just can't get myself motivated to do anything. Like my life is a mess. And you immediately, you know, while, you know, you're having a conversation with this client, you realize a belief that's really disempowering. Um, like, can you give an example of how you would work with this client and, you know, or what you would, I guess, ask the client and how you can help the client kind of shift out and shake that disempowering belief and really step into a more empowering belief about themselves? Yeah, um, we can just even, if you want to, just role play. <laughs> I think okay. it would be uh-huh. a little hard for me to just, I think it would be it might be boring for the audience for me to just summarize on my own. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe they're already like, oh my gosh, she's, she's like giving us so much information. Um, so <laughs> yeah, if you wanted to role, we can just role play if the audience is okay with that. Right, audience? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah do you have a specific scenario in mind? Yeah, I would just uh, ask you, um, you know, what, hi, you know, hi, Sharon. Uh-huh. <laughs> what, uh, what are you looking to achieve by the end of our coaching session? Um, how about this? Um, you know, actually, this is something very, um, I guess, real and personal for me. Um it's it's kind of funny. So, you know how um, this past week we talked about this, but I just recently started, you know, doing TikTok. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like one of my videos just very randomly just went viral. And within like four days, I got 400,000 views. <laughs> and it's so crazy but to be honest, and I think, and I sent you a text today, like asking, you know, telling you kind of like how I've been feeling really insecure mm. and things like that. But I think for me, like when I saw that those numbers, I think what I realized about myself is that immediately I just started to feel insecure because I'm like, oh my gosh, like how, why did I get this many views? And I realized something that I also actually realized about myself is that I have this deep sense of insecurity that like I'm not worth it. I think the the number one thing actually that I struggle with is that I'm not enough. Hmm. And so I think because of that, it translates to a lot of different things. Like because, um, you know, I just feel like, oh, I'm not enough. And in in different things, like when I have like this random video that goes viral, I just feel like, oh my gosh, like I feel so pressured and insecure and just scared almost because Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, like why, why did that happen? You know? 
Mm-hmm. So like instead of really celebrating in a way I get scared and insecure and stressed out that like I'm not going to meet pe- people's expectations or I'm going to disappoint people. And yeah, and I, I think this kind of um, is a major blocker for me in terms of creating and, and putting out things out there. So if I'm hearing you correctly, um, after this TikTok sensation that went viral, uh, instead of feeling just a lot of happiness and fun and lightness, you just really felt a lot of pressure, uh, mm-hmm. a pressure that um, translated to feelings of self-worthlessness and mm-hmm. insecurity being exposed. Does that sound about right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I want to I wanna then ask you... Hmm, If then the, by the end of the session, the goal of the session would be to, what would that look like for you specifically in relation to um, insecurity or self-worth? I guess, um, like, coming to realize that, like, I don't, you know, like, it's it's okay, um, like, you know, I just, I don't want to be so shaken up in terms of, like, pressure from the outside world. You know, whether it's, it's you know, whether I get 20 views or 400,000 views or whatever, I want to, you know, be in a place where my belief system is strong enough for me to be like, you know what, like, it's okay. Like, regardless, like, I don't, I don't have to feel pressured to perform or to I guess um prove myself to anyone else got it so you would like by the end of the session getting to this place where doing things like TikTok and putting yourself out there wouldn't be done for people Mm -hmm. um, where you feel pressured where you feel any connection with your worth um, but you can just be free from that does that sound about right yes Okay. Um, where have you felt a sense of scarcity or lack in your life? Where? Um, I guess, like, I guess in terms of... Um, Maybe my ability compared to other people, like feeling, I guess, in that way, like scarcity in that, oh, like, I'm not smart enough. Or, you know, I think in terms of looks, like, oh, I'm not pretty enough compared to this so-and-so. Okay. So you were, you experienced this, uh, these moments where you, as you were saying, you compared yourself to other people um, and you mm-hmm. felt like you weren't you know, looks didn't compare, like you couldn't, you know, um, you felt like you couldn't match up. Does that sound about right? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Um, If you can think of one of those moments, Mm -hmm. what resulted uh, from that? What happened in that moment where you felt the same feeling of, self-worthlessness or insecurity like specific event that happened or 
Yeah, I mean, you don't have to get too public since mm-hmm. this, is a, this is being recorded <laughs> and this is not a session that's mm-hmm. uh, for public. It's, it's still a session, though, um, <laughs> which I didn't know we were going to get into, but it's kind of fun. I love it because um, this is what I love to do. But from that, one, let's say one specific experience that you had where you did, mm-hmm. where you in that, were in that kind of place of comparing yourself, uh-huh. um, what happened right after you were comparing yourself um I just felt really really bad about myself okay and I just I guess frustration that I feel like I think because when I after I compare myself and after I feel bad after my self-esteem goes down then I just feel like I'm not I'm not being who I am supposed to be like Mm -hmm. I just it's like, oh, there's moments where, you know me, like, I'm I'm so bubbly. I love being with people. But when I get to that place, I just kind of feel like I shut down and I can't say anything. I don't want to say anything. And it just makes me feel like, dang, like, I feel like no, no one really knows me when I'm playing in that place because I can't really be, be the authentic me. And I'm, you know, I'm all about being authentic, you know? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like from what you're saying, um, the price that you have to pay for entertaining those types of thoughts is that you result in um, just feeling that you can't really be authentic, that you really can't be who you truly are. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Okay. Um, How do you think living in this inauthentic way, uh, those moments where you felt yourself comparing and then the next step was feelings of worthlessness and insecurity and the next step was um, not being able to be really true to this wonderful Sharon self Um, what you know what is one instance where you really lost a great opportunity from that I think uh, deep meaningful friendships I think now um you know, to be honest, I think I've, there's been a lot of things and, and I think God really did a lot of work in me as well. So I'm really thankful to have great friendships, like, you know, for example, you, mm-hmm. um, but I think I missed out in so many, so many opportunities for great, meaningful friendships because I was so scared to be true to who I am. And I was so scared to be me. So it was, I was like living in a shallow, as like a shallow shell of a person. Got it. So you felt like from the first thought of Mm -hmm. the first action of, you know, comparing, but then the thought came in as you're comparing of, you know, I can't be like these people or whoever. Uh Then that all then trickled down to this point of, losing out on potential deep friendships. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Okay. And if you were to hypothetically mm-hmm. quantify that, let's say in the course of your whole life, mm-hmm. and take a moment right now just to, you know, um, I'm going a little bit faster than usual because, you know, we're on yeah. a podcast, but typically I would take a little bit more time for you to process it slower um but Mm -hmm. take some time now if you could picture all of these types of people where you held back 
from giving the mm-hmm. gift of yourself because of this, just take a moment to picture and how, how many of those, how many would it be? Wow. Probably so many. Especially, I think, probably a lot from high school. Um, mm. Yeah. Wow. What, what does how many look like for you? Like I don't know. Maybe like Maybe at least, like, um, you know, I don't want to stretch myself too thin, but at least, like, I would probably have at least 10 good friends from mm-hmm. high school, which wow. I feel like, which I feel like, to be honest, looking back, I think in high school, I was too busy trying to look cool and trying to perform, you know, like, getting straight A's in, in school and things like that. Like those things were the things that, that was important to me and looking cool was too important to me that I feel mm-hmm. like, to be honest, now looking back, like it's hard to find, you know, people that I feel like I can truly say true friends from high school. So wow. I would probably at least have a handful of good friends from high school. Right. Um so if I'm hearing you correctly, you definitely can see how this way of believing about yourself mm-hmm. um, really then trickle down to opportunities that could have been with uh-huh. some maybe 10 or more friends from high school. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now going back to the first part about uh that mindset, right, of scarcity or not having, right? Mm-hmm. So you were saying how in your mind you compare maybe and you feel the sense of scarcity, like, oh, I don't have that. Uh-huh. Right? Now let's compare that I don't have that of whatever that cool person or this, you know, amazing popular mm-hmm. person or whatever has that feeling. And then I want you to compare with the that with, the feeling of potentially losing deep friendships. Mm. Now I want to ask you, which one are you willing to um, sacrifice? Um, I would give up feeling, you know, I guess feeling small and in comparison to another person and just, um, I would rather choose to have deep, meaningful conversations, deep, meaningful relationships. Okay. Now, knowing that you want to have that, mm-hmm. not lose out on that, that scarcity thing, right, of deep uh-huh. friendships uh-huh. going forward, that's something you really enjoy and you really like more so than losing out on that feeling of, oh, I don't have enough. You know, mm-hmm. so now that you know that when you encounter a moment again, because it's going to come again, uh-huh. where you want to compare yourself or feel you're not good enough. What can you be thinking about that can kind of qu- calm down that kind of thinking of comparison? Um, I guess like next time I encounter something like this, I would think about, oh, actually, um, I don't need to compare myself because being me is and 
being me is perfectly fine and being me is what's going to give me those deep meaningful relationships right i hear i feel like i hear you saying that now there's an you know an opportunity for you to take that negative feeling uh-huh to not necessarily ignore it because it'll try to come mm-hmm. but instead become empowered from that negative feeling it be excited from that negative feeling when it comes because now uh-huh. you know you can have an opportunity it sounds like to bring that deep meaningful friendship opportunity in your life by being the authentic you does that sound about right yes yes okay <laughs> okay now going back to the goal of the session do you really mm-hmm. felt that we worked on um getting rid a little bit of that insecurity and comparison um that you've been dealing with yeah I guess like, you know, it really, it really brings me into perspective of like, actually, when I feel like that, like what, you know, what I'm actually sacrificing. Right. Right. Absolutely. So good. good. I forgot we were being recorded. I just, yeah, um, this is so, I love it. I love hearing what you're how you're practicing it's so exciting yes this is so this is so good and (laughs) yeah like um you know I I didn't expect us to (laughs) to do this you know like like um I guess real-time coaching Mm -hmm. but I think this is great for people to actually get a sense of what coaching is like yeah absolutely and it's interesting you say that because eventually um not eventually, I do want opportunities to Mm -hmm. have more recorded coaching sessions so that people can hear and people can, especially people who want to be coaches. Yeah. Um, My company, we're starting a coaching school soon with certification. Mm -hmm. So um, with that, you know, part of it is also doing a lot of practice like this and helping to course correct um, when it's going into the consulting mode or the therapy mode too much or, uh-huh. you know all that all that stuff <laughs> yeah so that's awesome yeah so mm-hmm. you're starting um you're starting a school where you can coach other coaches yeah I really really love I mean I just love coaching in general and mm-hmm. I always just want to be something I really struggled with um uh-huh. being a coach were a few things in the beginning one was I just wanted more time to practice. I felt mm-hmm. like a lot of coaching companies offer um, like certifications, but they don't offer a lot of practice time. So mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of knowledge, but there's not enough practice where you really learn. Uh-huh. So that was one thing that I really craved a lot. I wanted practice, but I wanted someone to give me feedback. Um, mm-hmm. That was one. Number two, I had a hard time just like getting people to work with in the way beginning just because people didn't know who I was. I was still a young coach. Um, and another part was just um, more and more like a mentor support. I do have a mentor coach. She's amazing. She really helped develop a lot of my technique. Um, but I, wa- I 
uh, I definitely wanted more of a like a, a community of coaches mm -hmm. um, to help me along the process. So that was something that I, I re remember wishing, and I do still see it to this day. There's a lot of coaching companies right now, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking for. I I want quality, right? I just don't want mm -hmm. like tons and tons and tons of coaches going through the school. I just want people who are really serious about helping people, really loving on this world. Yeah, that that's so awesome. Um, so I want to ask you. So like we did. Uh, I think we talked about a lot of different things and we covered a lot of different things in terms of, you know, your childhood, how you grew up to, you know, I guess you being able to redefine who you are and I guess having this new sense of identity after meeting God and tra being transformed and starting all these different businesses, restaurant businesses, you know, all these creative stuff and stepping into coaching. And we also did like a live <laughs> coaching session. Um in terms of like regular day people listening, so the people who are listening to this right now, you know, if they're dealing with some kind of stuff, like, do you have something that would help them, I guess, um, shift their mindset and shift their belief system and, I guess, re rewire their brain um, in a way where they can um, stop thinking disempowering beliefs about themselves, but really step into an empowering belief about, about themselves? Well, I'm glad you asked because actually I'm coming out with a free audio guide. Uh, uh -huh. Kind of like a breakthrough exercise of rewiring their belief systems. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a simple audio guide. They would just need to uh, sign up on my website. Um, and yeah, and then once they sign up, then it just is given a link to download for them. Um, oh, and they awesome. Could yeah, they can Wait, just what is what is the download? Yeah, so they can go on the website, which is royaltellus.com. I think Sharon will probably link it. Um, uh -huh. And then, yeah, then they can <laughs> download the audio file. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you would just have your own space to listen to the audio file and um, go through the exercise. Wow, awesome, awesome. So that'll, it's something that they can really work through and sit down and just um, have their own kind of mini session, yeah. like coaching session. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, um, it's free. You know, I, I really want to help people, especially if they're feeling anxious right now with everything that's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's just for them to just feel a sense of um, processing their thoughts in this audio exercise and you know some people maybe uh just want direct sessions with me um mm -hmm. and for that they can just contact me directly at contact at royaltelus.com um yeah awesome and <laughs> final question this is something that i actually ask all my guests on my podcast it's um you know if you were to write a letter to our generation a letter that begins with these two letters Dear Millennials, what would you write? Hmm, very good. I want to say something profound. <laughs> uh, let me think. Dear Millennials. Oh, dear Millennials, you are tougher than you think. That's good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's 
good. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bonnie. Um, so I know you mentioned briefly um, in terms of um, your website, but for those who are listening, you know, if they want to follow you on social media and all these different areas, or, you know, if they want to receive coaching from you, where can they find you? How can they connect with you? Yeah, for uh, online connection, they can always uh, connect through all the platforms. Just look for Royal Telos, R-O-Y-A-L-T-E-L-O-S. And if you want to email directly, um, our team can help you uh, schedule coaching sessions or if you're interested in being a certified coach, uh, then also you would just contact at royaltelos.com. And Instagram handle is? Royal Telos. Uh, oh, sorry. Royal Telos. <laughs> at Royal Telos. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bonnie. Um, I, I learned so much from you. And for me, you know, like, I look up to you as a mentor coach. And, you know, I just, I just want to say thank you so much for making the time to be on here and really helping other people understand what coaching is and also for coaching me and helping me and my current, um, you know, wrong thought pattern that I was, <laughs> I was in. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you. You are like my older sister. So thank you so much for everything. I really appreciate you, Sharon. Thank you so much for even starting this platform so you can reach more people with your positivity your joy and your motivation um so happy and glad that i'm on this uh podcast that you were talking about last year as a thought and now it's real i know now it's real, it's real. awesome thank you okay. Hey guys i hope you enjoyed this episode and got a lot of value out of this if you did uh, please take a screenshot and share it on social media, share it with a friend, uh, and tag me at Sharon Kilon Han. And also, if you can take a minute to just rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave a review, I would really, really appreciate it. Also, be sure to go and download your free audio meditation guide at royaltelos.com, R-O-Y-A-L-T-E-L-O-S.com. Oh, it's free, so be sure to go check it out. Thank you so much for listening and see you in the next episode.